Recording? Recording. One, yep. one, two, three. I feel like that's right. so off of sync for some reason. Okay, we can't do that bit every fucking time we do this. I know, I just it's feel like... It's so out no, of sync. No, going forward, let's clap on the number three. Let's not clap yeah. after three. It's fucking Columbine. I feel um, like it's getting like really drunken. drunken okay, so we got... Little sidetracked. This is the funny part of the pod being about Moby Dick. This is sort of our more. It's Moby Dick two more Dick. Um, it's about not being able to record a podcast about Moby Dick because our my computer crashed, and luckily somehow uh, the hour sixteen that we got was salvaged somehow. So shouts out to Audacity being able to do that i think that's really impressive um i don't know how that's done because it was like a hard reboot kind of crash so yeah i still don't understand that that's amazing thanks to stars above thank you shouts out (gasps) to audacity (sighs) i don't want i don't like that um i'm gonna forget that happened all right so i think we were talking about we might have missed what we talked about with the whiteness of the whale which is obviously important as to the i guess you would say like the mystery of the whale the idea of an albino creature which i didn't fucking link before with the fact that the whale is albino but he uh talks about like human albinos or people who are albino i guess Mm -hmm. i feel like we probably still call people albinos when that just feels like dehumanizing but um, he talks about how, like, albino, people who are albino, which sounds like a person. It doesn't sound like a thing that you are. you are. I'm albino. It does have a weird ring. <laughs> it's kind you of, mean, like, albino sounds like a group of people? It doesn't sound like albino. It just doesn't sound what... It gives me the jitters, and it's not because it's, like, a scary... It could be, I don't know, I don't want to get problematic. I don't know if it's problematic, but it's sort of ableist, I guess. But um, it's not, it's not really, it's not really a race. It's more just like a degenerate. It's not, it's just like a syndrome or something. It's a condition. But yeah, just albino just doesn't sound like, there's nothing to suggest that it's like white or clear, but getting off track. Mm. So he describes albinos as being like not, physically disfigured like you know they don't have like they're not particularly literally ugly in their facial features or anything um on paper but they are there is something so unnerving about just being all white just like totally white that um it is it is almost like the most ugly to melville it is almost like the, and I agree with him to a certain degree, but it's kind of mean, but um, there is something just so ugly about that. I mean, it's it's ugly in the sense that it's just like unsettling. Um, but yeah. yeah he, it's like unearthly. He also compares it to, you know, the mink, the white mink coat that a king wears, um, which represents his power. It's a color that only royals can wear. Um, and then there's the, what was the other one? The other whiteness that he refers oh, to? Oh, uh, Ro- like he said, the Romans uh, thought that a, a white stone marked a joyful day, which I don't... It reminds... Oh, sorry. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to say, like, the Romans were, like, bloodthirsty, like, freaks, and, like, seeing that was, like, like it fun to them. Like, they thought that marked a joyful day, a day of, like, infinite abyss and, like basically death but i was saying before and i kind of use this grandiose phrase but like white is more about like the empire of death like the omnipresence of it and and the inevitability of it and you know you were saying about the beginning of the universe feels like it wouldn't necessarily be like black or darkness it would just be like white it's something it's 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 like below the level of darkness like Darkness is kind of like the entry to death or to to non-existence, to infinity and beyond. Um, Buzz, white here. Um, <laughs> zoom, but, zoom. 
Zoom, zoom. Um, <laughs> is that what you just said? <laughs> yeah. Zoom, zoom. That's like a, what is that from? Uh, the commercials. Okay. That's how it's Lost said, it. right? Yeah. It's a guy who's like horny. Zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom. zoom. It's like ludicrous is back. Um, zoom, zoom, zoom. He's not trapped in the Fast and Furious franchise universe. Um, I was just thinking, like, if, if whiteness, blackness is 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 nothing but only the lack of light. So, like, so whiteness in that point is just um, everything. So there's something well, like you can like a unicorn is white, which is was probably a myth drawn from albino rhinos. Right. Um, so well, I think something... it's it's about it's about purity, but it's not like because I think he does mention like whiteness as like in white people, like he does mention it as being that is thought of as more pure than than people of color, but he also he goes on to say it because like the book is surprisingly like forward thinking, like I said before about race in a sense of like he doesn't say it's necessarily better because it's pure it's just like lacks it just is is it's a pure embodiment of like lacking everything like darkness is is like it's it you know what i mean darkness i, don't know. I actually would it's say like, it's not this actually lacking. it reminds me of you know when blind people describe what it's like to be blind they're like it's not seeing darkness it's seeing nothing yeah you know it's there that idea no it's a, it's the idea of like yeah, you, you know, darkness implies that there are eyes to not see light, whereas, like, whiteness is, like, just nothing, like, seeing nothing. So, I don't like know. an empty canvas or something. What do you think, um, what do you think it means for the whale? Is it just, yeah. I think it's this, it's a similar, it, it imbues it with a similar character to, like, a unicorn, where it's just, there is something in whiteness that, is i don't know it just it speaks to its its power to destroy you or raise you up like like a unicorn sort of has that um myth it that's like imbued in the unicorn myth is that it is it's sort of like a christ figure that and a lot of the time they did there's a lot of paintings of unicorns with um sitting on the the lap of a virgin with spear in their belly um, which is a lot like the harpooning of a whale like christ being um speared in the belly by the roman okay so i think it just imbues moby dick with just that totality of 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 morality where it's like good and evil just in one to to me that's what like as opposed to moby dick just being flesh colored or black i would say that's gray that's the color gray but like to go to your point it's like, like it's it's not it's like a it's like a, a total lack of morality, but not in like not in not in terms of like it being bad morals, like it's just like nothing. Yeah. No, that's what I mean about the unicorn. The unicorn is 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 both. Christ, I guess, is not, but the unicorn has that bothness to it, like yeah. just everything. Well, and that's what they mean with he was meaning with the kings, like the mink uh, coat or whatever, is. Yeah, that the omnipresence of of death and its power and its god and like linking it into that individual, the king or whoever, the queen, just like total like divine uh, hegemony, I guess, over like everything. Um, yeah, it's like the sun. Like the sun can, if you stare into it, it'll burn your eyes out. But also without it. You would be dead. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Just say it again. Like when you die, you're supposed to see like white light. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you're not shutting your eyes. It's such a mysterious. I mean, it is a. It's such a mysterious. It's just a color, so you can draw just infinite emotion. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, you it. can just put whatever you want into it. But it does. It does lean. It's not everything. Like you can't put anything into it. But you. Mm. It does. It's just like a huge swath of emotions that you could talk about. Yeah, I'm thinking about it death like right now. Forever. Yeah, it feels like forever. I'm thinking about death, and I'm getting really scared. <laughs> <laughs> no. You gotta I st- wanna die. 
All right, you got to stop gassing up the goofiness. It's <laughs> it's really stupid. Gassing up the goofiness? Like you've ne- you've never made that kind of sound before. That's the gnaw sound. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just don't think it came natural there. But we're moving on. There is maybe a that is sort of I've always in that. Oh, been maybe he says head. it's the color of our bones. I, Ooh, I don't. Yeah, he probably did. But I just thought that maybe I don't think he did. But um, you know, there is a spooky skeleton inside of us. Um, so keep that in mind. Never forget. Next time you want to fuck your friends over. Um. Uh, <laughs> okay, that sounded loaded, but uh, I am loaded. All right. I'm actually not. Um, do you want to just do some personal talk? Uh, we were supposed to film this podcast, not film it. It could have been fun if we did film it, but we were we were just in Cape Cod for like three weeks, basically. Um, but we were going. We were trying to do this podcast on a boat or at Nantucket, where like this takes place. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to do even go to the whaling museum they have there. Which I think you said is like a Disney sort of thing where you sit in like the stadium and they do like a fucking crazy thing. Is that what it's like? Yeah, they they were they would have they have a whale ship there. You I sit don't know in bleachers, right? Actually floating on water, but they a, a dude will like they'll be like, "This is what a whale ship was like," and they'll have like people pulling on the ropes and sort of going through the motions of yeah a whaling ship. That reminds me, actually, I think I brought it up when we were talking about that. Um, it is good, I think. You got to be careful when you're Googling. I guess we spoil it in the podcast, what happens in the book. But I was, I was, it's good to just, okay, that aside, it is still good to just like Google what a whaling ship looks like, um, what, what the act of whaling, it, he sort of describes it, but I still kind of even don't understand how the like mechanism of harpooning and ropes and they're connected to the boats and shit. And I, I just, yeah. I'm pretty, well, they had a thing. Wasn't there, there that they harpoon the whale and then that rope leads through it, uh, an eye hole that is like <laughs> uh, tied to like the other end of the ship. So it doesn't pull the ship over. I don't know. Oh, I was always okay. hung up on, I didn't realize for the longest time when I was reading it that, when they go to harpoon the whale, they don't stay on the big ship. They get on little rowboats. Yeah, they call and, them boats. And, yeah, just boats. So the, so ship, that's I was the ship is the yeah. Pequod, and the boats are the whaling boats. But I think it, it comes down to, it's basically like the boats act as like the barrels and jaws. But like the way that works is just like the buoyancy of those boats, the, 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 the amount of weight that it takes to get them to just like literally just like go down is without you know having a leak in them is like so insane so it's basically a combination of that like at that point i think the whale is just like hauling the boat it can't dive anymore so Mm -hmm. obviously it's going to keep getting stabbed but in some instances like yeah i think the rope rips off the boat and like obviously it sinks at that point or the the whale crests and like fucking you know crushes them or the tail comes down on it which i think we mentioned in a thing that wasn't cut out like that isn't really something that whales do on purpose because they're not like malicious creatures they're not really predators um but yeah like the mocha dick is the only i think the only uh instance of like a whale possibly being like actively violent and like trying to fucking kill people well there was is it killer whales or something but there's a i think he misappropriates killer whales i think that was like a thing he fucked up but he said like uh was it like fa- uh fast right whales he said right whales are ones that are prone to attack but also killer whales do they're I'm actually just they referring will. just to like sperm whales and like and like oh, blue okay. whales and stuff like the ones that i guess it was just they were hunting all of them, I guess, but I think sperm whales were like the creme, not the creme de la creme, but like the biggest thing that was getting attacked and those do not, are getting hunted and those do not do that kind of thing. So Yeah, definitely. Um, I was also surprised to learn that like, I always thought they brought it, the whale on the ship, but I guess they, they would just sort of tie them to the back and then 
sharks would eat at the the, the corpse and they would get as much whale as they um, brought back home. I mean, they would. I think they would re- repel down onto the carcass from the ship's deck and then start like pulling oil out of the whale's body um, yeah. while they were still in the water. But then they would just drag the carcass back to shore. I think. Um, I think it was about like, because what they were doing is just taking all the blubber, which is like, I think is like 90% of the whale and they're just boiling oh, that. Okay. They're just boiling that down into an oil. That's all they want really. Well, that was and insane that, too. They have like a cauldron on yeah. the ship. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, but they actually do the oil thing. Like they cut the hole from like the ship itself. It's hanging against the side. They're they have a huge long pole with a razor at the end of it, a blade, and they're cutting a hole in it. And then Queequeg or Tashtigo goes down. There's a, like there's another instance of like heroism with Queequeg where Tashtigo I think like falls into that hole mm. and is going to like drown inside a whale. Like it drown he's gonna drown on oil basically because there's no water in there, like at that point I guess. But which they called sperm I guess, but it was just blubber. Uh no, spermaceti is like weird. It's like weird, cum like oil that was like, it helped with the whale's buoyancy. Right, but they 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 called it sperm I think. Yeah, it was like a mis. Un- yeah, it was like a misnomer. misnomer. Yeah, but it is I think it is referring to. The classic it is sperm like. I think that's why. Yeah, it's like they got confused. Yeah, it is like uh, cum. Think it of looks, cum. It's white. It's white and like gooey. Yeah. Um, Are we gonna say he, he, he saves Tashtigo? Yeah, he's gonna drown, and then Queequeg um, pulls him out of it. Basically, he like dives in there. I think with like a rope tied to him. And then he like pulls him out. Yeah, it was like an Indiana Jones. Like he disappears for a second, and then it's like, hey, yeah. he's back. Well, that's like that's the funny thing about Queequeg is just like every time he does something, it's like insanely heroic and like inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not like like we said, he's not. There's no like intellectual aspect of it. Which like if we're gonna say, you know, it's is he a stereotype or like a mockery of? Like a, a Easterner or like a like the Orientalism <laughs> well, idea. Yeah, I think of, it's only if you categorize or if you think of thinking as a purely constructive activity, and I, and I think that's where like the Westernism clouds your thinking about Queequeg, and that's why you think Melville is belittling that, but you only think that way because of your preconception on the value of thinking. Like Queequeg, well, are you in- insinuating that the thinking is not important to like people of the East? I think it. Oh no, no, it is. But in the in in the philosophy of the East, there is a heavy, um, and this is just in the text. Like it's just part of the religion. It's not a bad thing. It's only bad if you think about it as bad. But overthinking is is heavily talked about and how it is problematic. Whereas in Western uh, religion, we don't really talk about that. We just sort of think. If you're thinking about it, it's great because we were so driven by the Enlightenment movement in the West that we sort of got over addicted to rational thinking. Okay, well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but like, I think if you if it just stopped at him, like being someone that just does and doesn't think, that would be like noble savage. But like, no, no, no. In the sense of, let me finish. What we were saying before is like he ultimately isn't like a mockery or a stereotype because he ends up being like the most emotional and like love like he's the most like flawless person in the entire book and not in like a not in like a like it's really profoundly like emotional and like loving in a way that we understand as westerners or i think like melville understood so it's not like the fact that he's from like he's a cannibal and he's from Fiji or whatever is uh it's almost a matter of fact that it does influence like why he's there but it's not like he's not waiting to be saved by anybody or like 
he's not instilling anything really on any of the crew or like saving the day inevitable like yeah. in the end he's just like a good guy like the whole time he's just like the best friend you could like ever imagine um and that's not something you i don't i mean maybe it is but it's not really i think a part of like a problematic characterization of like non-westerners i think he's pretty faithful like i th- i think Queequeg is is full-bodied like i don't think there's any sort of uh, like deconstructionist perspectivist critique that you could put on Melville cuz i think he did such a good job well i mean if i was going to make like if anyone was going to depict like a non-westerner in a way that is sympathetic and also not like uh, demeaning it would probably be like a really really intelligent guy like Melville who is also like literally sailed around the world like many many times and, and he was a man like I think it's yeah we haven't brought it up yet but he was raised in a heavily um, Presbyterian he like grew up in a church and in one of the hymns that the uh, priest says in his speech about Jonah in at the sort of beginning tale of the head of the book um, is a is a direct hymn that he would sing like every Sunday in his church, and I think Presbyterianism it was like a is a subsect of the Reformation, which was we were leaping off from Catholicism because it was getting too I don't know like fascist about the Bible and and all those every single like John Bunyan every sort of branch of the Reformation there are always these figures who got like tortured by how like what would you call it like restrained those religions were on their morals of life so there were things in Melville's life that he wanted to do but the code of his religion was telling him was bad and I think that it made him profoundly sad like as a person and so that's what he saw reflected in in Queequeg was a man unhindered by these like what would you call that I can't think of the word where it's like the dogma of Presbyterianism and how it made him unhappy. And he sees in Queequeg someone unrestrained by that. And so that's why he was projecting like how happy a person like that must be. And he did, I think he disassociated from it effectively, like all that dogma. And he, I think he found his own happiness ultimately like Melville. Well, I mean, all he cares about is his little black idol called like Tojo. Right. Yeah. That's Which is that. a very effective way to think, as opposed to, like, Presbyterianism, which was like... You cannot have sex before the thing, and you gotta do all this, or else like you're going to hell. Like, a to- a, like fascist, or... And it's in also... The same way, I don't know, yeah. The most defining quote about Queequeg is when he first meets him, and he's like, I'd rather be with a sober savage than a drunk Christian or something. Yeah, totally. Because a Christian... It, could be someone who is just highly repressed like just has just been repressing so much desire because of what is that um uh when you abstain from sex although all those things that came out of the reformation like that intense i don't know if it's about repression it's just like you know christians just are at that time are just like super crazy and like violent and stuff yeah like puritans presbyterians uh Protestants, they was they're very strict religions. They're very like there's a direct moral code because they mm-hmm. were trying to clean up all the like Catholic messiness because they thought there was a lot of contradictions there. So they ultimately became like they leaned the 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 pendulum way too far to like strict interpretations of the Bible mm-hmm. that just caused like John John Bunyan's book uh, Pilgrim's Pro- Pro- Progress, Pilgrim's Journey, or something like that. Proxy. Takes the, takes the same sort of arc as Moby Dick of this figure who is just un, really unhappy. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just want to get... I feel like I'm not reaching any sort of breakthrough with if it's Orientalist or not. But, like, because if he is depicted as, like, a perfect guy, that is sort of, like, you know, the idea of, well, of other well, cultures having the answers... Well, yeah, but I think he fix he fixes that that hole in the part where in Queequeg's introductory chapter, where Queequeg, the reason he leaves his his homeland and becomes ultimately unhappy, that's why he's like doing all this crazy shit and hunting a whale, 
there's there's something wrong with Queequeg, and he's it's because he see he what? thinks there's something in the Christian culture because Queequeg personally has a conviction that his his uh, native religion is too intuitive or something like it's too simple. Well, why does he care about the idol then? Well, because he still has a part of obviously all these characters have a part of their themselves like their original well i think that's a in them. i think that's a cool idea that like, that is part that's literal queequeg literally leaves his hometown because yeah. he thinks there's something to christianity are you sure about that yeah i re i reread it right before we did this because i thought about okay. that and i want to make sure well that's he a, does. i mean that pretty much yeah that kind of solves that issue because they're both kind of looking for each other's like unknowns and like where they think ansels will be yeah if, if queequeg and ishmael could fuck that baby would be great. But ultimately, like, Ishmael is the more fucked up one. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. But, yeah, I don't know. Quick is probably my favorite character from the book. Just, like, when he, he like we talked about, like, he jumps up from his, you know, just like, a, just like, he's just like the perfect embodiment of just, like, a friend and just, like, connecting with someone in such a, like, a like profound way that is not even like spoken it's so insane and you know the meeting is so is so like heartwarming and then what he does for ishmael and i guess like the whole time he's ultimately i don't know i don't want to keep talking about that but he is ultimately like serving ishmael the whole time but uh he well because he's a good like i think in the same way to to to, to like to dissect it from this like political talk it's the same thing as dean moriarty okay well we we don't dean, people, dean some is, people don't know about that but well in the we don't sense want to get dean, into that i can describe it dean is just he's an unhindered soul he's just a, a a train hopper one of those people okay well i mean i was on that track of like he saves tashtigo from the whale oil um, he might do one other thing after that, but when he ultimately dies, he's not really mentioned, like, aside from, like, being mentioned, he's in the boat that goes down with, like, like, you know, the whale boat that goes down, not the ship. Um, and then, you know, like, his, he's even, like, the greatest friend in death when his coffin that he, like, you know, oh, that's, yeah, that's true. the part I missed. The coffin that he, like, just cast off because he was like, I'm okay now, um, comes back and, like, saves his friend, like, even from the grave, which is, like, yeah, I just love that. Um, yeah. Which we talk about now. <laughs> well, at the, this is a question that you brought up at the beginning, but did, I mean, it's probably going to be no, but did you still have the idea, what was the thing with that dumb guy that said something? <laughs> uh the carpenter no the guy that you were like i'm never gonna read moby dick because oh like, yeah it's film flowery he said for this he said second. i guess nobody's read moby dick i just yeah, thought I it was we pretentious already said that. poetry yeah and did you think it's do you still think the same way about it oh no yeah i i i think his prose is like genuinely probably some of the best prose i've ever read like every word is just so musical like into the next it's just like yeah I can't believe a human being like wrote this in a like in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, it has like we were saying it fuses so much literary so many literary elements in such a like like uh the finesse of it is like wow. So he's doing like Shakespeare, he's doing Shakespeare, he's doing the Bible. I'm sure he's doing like uh Paradise Lost, but I haven't read that, but um it's just like, yeah, it's just like, oh, fuck. Like, even if you want to hate it, you're, like, the buildup, the way that, you know, just the way that it's, the book functions and that a lot of it's that bread of, like, just telling a story, talking about what's going on, informing you about the anatomy of whales. And you get into this state of, like, almost meditation with it, which, like, all books do, but... I think that's just the thing that all writers do. It's mm -hmm. a very harebrained take, but um, yeah. And then once he sort of like pounces those those moments on you, those like the pros where he just like fucking like you know cocks the shotgun back 
and like puts it to his mouth. <laughs> no, um, like when he <laughs> when he does that, it will hit you like whoa. Like the part where <laughs> fucking like I didn't even understand it when I was reading it, but when Ahab, it's like the lightning storm, like right before the first day, they're trying to find. Oh, yeah. Like he fucking like what does he do? He like sticks a harpoon into the sky and like this weird phenomenon with whaling ships happened where oh, like yeah. orbs orbs of like energy <laughs> and like lightning down or something. And it's it apparently true. Like, like there's, there's yeah. some sort of like magnetic field at the top of this metal. Um, What's it called? It's like phantom. I don't know, but it has this sort of like Chernobyl like. It's uh, like Nikola Tesla. Yeah, Nikola Tesla. It's just this weird ethereal orb that I don't know what that's <laughs> functioning as, as like a, um, a visual for what, yeah. I don't know, but. It, it fire it like goes into his harpoon, I think, and it becomes like inflamed. It's like the most like, that's where it gets like fucking hardcore, almost like heavy metal kind of imagery. And he's just like, it's like, whoa, like you're really, I mean, I, I just read this on a paper, but like just the way that it strikes like your imagination is so like, Regal. It is perfect. Like he's trying to be a god. Like Ahab likens himself a god, and he's like, he's like super Zeusy in that moment. Zeusy, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, but no, it I works. Mean, yeah, but that's totally that's works. another part where the language is so. Like I was saying, it's just such a perfect amalgamation of like what you can tell his influences are. Um. And it's it's done in such a fucking it's just so epic. It's just so good. Um, fuck. Okay, so are we gonna? Do you think we're done? Or should we say? Did um, I mean the only person we know inspired this was Dylan, right? Oh, that this book inspired. Like yeah, I mean I just don't. Well, know I said any... I think Joseph Conrad's Hearts of Darkness. Okay. Well, yeah, we can talk. I don't know if we want to talk about Dylan. And maybe, um, maybe Steinbeck to a certain degree. Like it sort of has that same sort of the way he biblically linked East of Eden to the Cain and Abel story. Like I feel like Moby Dick's connection to the Jonah story was maybe inspired. Like he was inspired by that technique. Mm, I don't know. I just feel like we're both not informed enough with like literary history to like. Well, no, what I said like that, I think that's contained. Well, no, it's not. That's like because like John Steinbeck's writing, and you know, after. So you know, perhaps yeah, he. But was. it's like a hundred years after. Yeah, but we, we're but reading it now. But you don't know anything about. about literary history, like between in that time period. Oh no! I just mean in the sense of John. Perhaps John Steinbeck was inspired by it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think being inspired by the Bible necessarily is a link, but the aspect. No, of no, 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 not just the Bible, but I don't know if you read East of Eden, but the technique is very similar. I was saying, like, the way it's not necessarily the Bible as an inspiration, but like the fusion of like all these different things into one. Oh, new that thing. aspect. Okay. I don't know if that was like everyone saw Melville do that and we're like, okay, we're doing that now. Or, which is probably more likely, it's just part of like a linearity of like, you know, art movement. But. I, the only person I can think of is uh, Montaigne, who was this French essayist, who did he would he would fucking reference like just everything and put it into one essay when he'd be talking about like uh, why the saddest you when you when you are the saddest you don't cry. Um, he he just like draws so many parallels and he'll talk about Caesar yelling at a an enemy and then he'll go over to like. Uh, you know, just mm-hmm. another culture. He just does that. Yeah, it's just like, that's just like metaphors. Yeah, loading. That's because that's all he's doing here is just loading the metaphors. But I feel like Melville brings it up in a way where he'll bring up the topic and go into it. He doesn't just be like, like Caesar's face or something. Like, Oh, no, he'll go. Sorry, he'll go into it. It's not he yeah. just whip it in. and then Melville out. does, right? No, uh, Montaigne. Okay. Well, I was going to say the fact that he does that brings such a, and it's for like a Eastern reader obviously, or Western reader, but 
you know, the fact that he incorporates all these different elements of humanity gives it such a profound feeling of like all inclusive, like culturally, not, not in terms of like, in, like inclusivity, but like all of human art is feels like it's being imbued into this in a way or literary literature, I guess. But yeah. it's also, it's also like, you know, I mean, I guess it is literature at the end of the day, but like the myths, um, like I, I, I always love the, uh, he brings up how Perseus was like the original whale man, but he actually killed this thing called the Cetus, which is like the Latin root of like the scientific name for whales. Mm-hmm. But it's described, it's kind of, it's so different from the whale. I like looked it up. It's like a boar's head. I guess it could be close, but to, you know, he slays a sea monster called a Cetus trying to save Andromeda which I had no idea about uh, before that, but I only thought he did the uh, Medusa thing. And, you know, Perseus does have, like, an insanely long story. Um, I still have to read that. I don't know if we should do that maybe for the next... Just do, like, metamorph- metamorphosis. Yeah, metamorphosis. Uh, but, yeah, I also have the Lord of the Rings books done, basically. So if anyone listening wants to guest host... It's just so pitiful. Maybe I won't say please, that. Please. If you want to, if you want to come on and talk about Lord of the Rings with me and Thomas, can I guess butt in? We I can do that. Please. We can do that. Well, that's kind of a fun part of it. But is reading is well, yeah. Like, I think it'd be nice to have someone there to ask questions. I'll just like say the this: the end of the book has like an entire different book. Like when the hobbits return to the Shire. <laughs> So, so many dumb words in that yeah. sense. They find it to be, like, ruined. In the movie, it's like, oh, we're back. Hell, hell yeah, guys. Let's party. Oh, true, yeah. But in the book, like, it's, like, taken over by these, like, they're called ruffians. They're just, like, bad men that were under the command of Saruman. <laughs> and they just sort of, like, take it over, and they, like, ruin the whole place and, like, just, like, shit all over it. And it's just kind of, like, this sad, like oh, my God, we're finally home, and then it's like, fuck, it's, like, totally ruined. But, yeah, it's off topic, but it's um, kind of shit like that. That's, like, they could not have included that in the movie. It's also, like, very long in the book. Um, Like, the book is long, but probably the longest book I've ever read. It's 1, 1,200 pages, but I read the first one, like, four years ago, so. Mm. Okay. So do we wanna, okay, do you want to – are you to done? You. Um, well, there's one thing I just thought of because I was just flipping through it, and there's like an aspect of free will that I think is really important, and probably something like Melville was uh, like rolling around his head is like, um, do we have free will? And I think there's a quote here from Ahab. Um, okay. Um, I'm wondering where how much I should. I'll just read the whole paragraph just in case. Oh my god! Um, please comment. <laughs> so do people recurring... like it when I please read the quotes. No, this is a recurring issue. Is like fucking really long quotes, and I'm well, just like, oh my god. I think it's more interesting reading the actual text because you know it is the. I'll text. just be honest. I'm not saying this with any malice, but like when you start reading a quote, I tune out, and I'm yeah. the one making the podcast. Fuck. Okay. But guess I, I won't. It's, I think it's just because when you say it, it's in such a monotone. I mean, I'm talking in monotone this whole time, but when you you launch into like a really speedy like monotone, I think you just need to dramatize it in a way that's not what you did that was embarrassing earlier about the goofiness. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like I'm too monotone when I'm reading reading. You just go like, who did it turn on? It's fire. This cannot be made a part of background. And instead, you need to like act it out so it's like engaging. I know, like act. Yeah, I'm not a great yeah. actor. Okay, that's the problem. Yeah, but just do it, act it. Just don't be goofy. Go. What is it? What nameless, inscrutable, unearthly thing is it? What cozying, hidden lord and master and cruel, remorseless emperor commands me? That against all natural lovings and longings, I so keep pushing and crowding and jamming myself on all the time, recklessly making me ready to do what in do my pitch, own proper... Pitch, pitch change. Pitch natural change, heart, I durst not so much as I dare. 
is this is the important part is ahab ahab is it i god or who that lifts this arm but if the great sun move not of himself but is as an errand boy in heaven where one single star can revolve by some invisible power how then can this one small heartbeat this one small brain think thoughts unless god does that beating is that thinking does that living and not i by heaven man we are turned round and round in this world like young under windless and fate is the hand spike okay so i'll just do a recap um why i laughed in the midst of that was like i could not help but like tune that out like i could not pay attention to that i know is Sorry, that me just, or you what's going i'm just on? being really mean about it but um that's just how i feel about it what did that mean to me yeah i mean i, I couldn't hear it well I to me it's to like that. this is um It's just free will. It's free. It's Ahab's. Um, he's he's Ahab's problem, which is he's overthinking what is happening, and so he's obsessed with figuring out who is moving, who is doing the moving. And this is Ahab saying, like, "Do I even lift my arm? Like, is that me? Is that I who lift the arm, or is it God?" And he's that's why I think he's so angry because he's just like. Well, he's like we too agreed. egotistical. He needs... We agreed. He's too egotistical. I can't work with him. I don't like Mike Love at all. Um, it, well, we agreed earlier that, uh, like, he's saying, I move my arm. Like, he's like helpless. Like, he cannot stop being crazy, <laughs> like, in his actions. And I think he inevitably, like, knows it's fucked up. And, like, when he sees something in Pip, he's like, oh my god like i can see that you are like basically uh enlightened almost like godly like he understands that he's fucking crazy but like he cannot stop moving yeah i think in the sense yeah he he knows he is upset about something but i think he is convinced of his rightness i think because because he's trusting only his 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 thinking mind and so that's where he's like he's rolling it over in his head. Is it I, God, or who that lifts this arm? Yeah, well, yeah, that's definitely about free will, but yeah. So I think he's tortured by the fact that it perhaps is not Ahab is not per, like the mover of everything, and I think he wants to be. He wants Ahab to be a god. Okay, um, I was just thinking, uh, my book cover. I was like looking at Ahab on my book cover. Um, while, did you hear that? I was looking at Ahab on my book cover. Well, I farted. Oh no! But um, he's he he looks like really sharp on this cover. Mm-hmm. He's actually described in the book as like getting struck by lightning. Like he has like a lightning scar going down his face, like into his chest. Um, but he looks like super swank swag on the cover, and it's like right at the moment of like. He's about to be killed, but his face is like turned away from like the viewer, so it gives this like really cool mystery to him. But he's not that mysterious of a guy. Like he does have quality that is fascinating and it's cool, but he kind of you kind of get everything you would want to get out of him. Well, I like I like how he has that. He gives him that um, Mephistopheles, who's the villain in Faust. He gives him that sort of um, intelligence. And like gracefulness, and yeah, like devilishness. He's not just yeah. like a dumb idiot. He's really smart. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, what did you think of like, what did you picture when he gets ultimately like killed by the whale? The rope basically gets <laughs> caught on his neck or his like chest. Yeah, or something. I think it's his neck. Yeah, he gets and then pulled. he ju- he just gets like pulled out like silently. It's just like whoosh. Boosh. I feel like a lot of movies do that. I mean, like, it's, it's it's perfectly like suicide. Like he's hanging. He's sort of getting hung by the whale. Well, when I didn't think of that, but when like a movie does someone getting killed in like a sign, like there's not a lot of noise going on. It's just the sound of like the rope. Maybe I'm just retroactively. I think is that in um, No Country for Old Men or something? Just when like the villain, 
just like a silent kind of death where you just hear the machinations of like whatever the thing is that's killing them. Yeah, you just totally. hear like the whoosh, and there's not a lot of like hoopla, and that's what it is in the book, which I think was is cool. It's you almost like miss it. I almost like missed it when I was reading. I think I had to look like read it again. No, totally. That like reminds me of so many things. I can't even like put a pin in it. Like villains who are just killed in this silent, quick way. Oh, is it fucking Terminator? No. Terminator 2? No. I see what you're getting at, but, um, yeah. Oh, shit. Someone's falling. Is it Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, he gets trampled by the steamroller. There's some movie where, like, I'm fucking crazy, dude. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Was it Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out what it is. Um. Oh, I I think it's like it's something. Pirates of the Caribbean. I know. I was thinking of that too, but I don't know. Something where someone gets like silently pulled over. This is not interesting to hear to listen to. Um, I feel no, like no, is it, it but is maybe I said no country for old men. Is it um what's is it Benicio del no not Benicio del Toro, the guy who plays Anton Chigurh is he in that Pirates of the he Caribbean movie. Is that how he dies? Like, sort of qu- quietly? Uh, no. I don't know. I don't remember that. I feel like that might be it, to be honest. But, um, no, it's like when they go like, oh, fuck. And then, you know, like, yeah. it's a lot of sound. It's super action either fighting, and then they get bested. And then they realize they're fucked, and they go, oh, fuck. And yeah. then it's, like, silent. And then they get, like, sort of, like, ah, or, no, like, totally, they just yeah. silently... That's what think, happens in this book. I don't know if people are taking inspo from this, but that's what that, it felt like. Yeah, that's no, that's a good point. I totally agree. It feels like the. But um, fuck, I had some other ideas. Fucking bullshit. I just want to figure it out. I want to figure out who, what movie that is. Oh yeah, well we can't just spend the podcast thinking about it. Well, you can edit out the air. Fuck it. Okay. Well, I don't like doing that. Okay. Because it's this is near the end, but like I have to cut so many and ableton annoyingly doesn't have a feature where you can like select like premiere does where you can select everything to the right so it's just like i can't honestly can't even do it It just would be so laborious and like annoying but that sucks um well i guess we can wrap up then what do what what would you rate movie dick oh did we we i think that part about the tenants got cut out did we talk about that I don't, I don't, like, this is already, like, a two-hour pod, tenants? so. Well, what do we mean by tenants? Like, the, just the totality of the tenants of the book? It's, it's, that's where it gets mysterious again. It's, like, it's not showing you, like, it tells you what they should have done, obviously. Like, every impact of, like, the ships that they meet up with is, like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> Stop. So... Um, yeah, it's it a really, cautionary tale. It's a tragedy. It's a, caution, it's a, tragedy. a tragedy. And they actually, oh, they talk about that in um, Thousand Faces, comedy tragedy. Which I love that idea. I love yeah. that. Yeah, um, how t- comedy has to come through tragedy. You can't just find comedy out of nowhere. Well, I was thinking of it more as like the idea of comedy being, yeah, an understanding of it's in a dumb way, a trite way of just saying it. It's just like, oh, fuck it. We're going to die anyway. Like, and just like fully embracing joy because of that. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way that is not, you know, dumb. It's like really, that's at a point where you really understand like the nature of everything. I think it's, just, yeah, it's not, I don't like the thing where people go, fuck it. We're going to die. I don't like that for some reason. I don't know why, but I really always disagree with that. And, but yeah, uh, to me it, it reminds me of the just the end of the treasure with Sierra Madre, where uh, I think they they they've lost the gold and they're just sitting there, and it should be tragic, but they just start laughing and the movie ends. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like yeah, just the idea of because death is ostensibly actually pretty far off, so it is like okay. You're going to get bored of, like, whatever dumb thing you decide to do because of that idea. Um, but when it is in the context of, like, the Greek understanding of a comedy, 
of just like hell yeah like let's just rock out like dudes rock um <laughs> like let's just rock out until our cocks are out of our <laughs> of the soul of existence I, you know, I think yeah that's like one that's epicureanism yeah rock your cock it's everything. rock your cock out of existence that's like the idea of the comedy but it's not it's not hedonistic I was just thinking this whole book is like totally like dude's rock. <laughs> it is yeah, it is very masculine. It always is well, like a it, dude's book. I don't like we talk, I think we talked about dude's rock before, but my understanding of it is just like guys like being guys like why are we doing this? Like we're doing something like so unnecessary and dumb, but it's just like dude's rock like fuck yeah, we're doing this. It is like actually I think it is the most like dude's rock thing ever like created. Like Moby just Dick? not created as an art piece, but just like Ahab and his bros and like all these guys on this ship just being like, we're going to do this one fucking dumb thing. Like, we're just going to go kill this fucking thing like dudes rock. And then <laughs> it's just fucking dying. <laughs> it's like so stupid. But yeah, I do it. Yeah. I mean, that's also I don't know. I think I mentioned before, right, where he sort of reveals to everybody like we're not we're just going for the fucking whale. Ha. Like, you know, it's kind of that scene in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, which I loathe. But there is a scene that's comparable where he's like about to quit or he quits like Jordan Belfort quits. And then he's like, wait, I'm not quitting. I'm not fucking quitting. And there's not that thing of him quitting. But Ahab just is like, we're not fucking whaling. We're not fucking hunting any <laughs> other whales. It reminds me of the, actually the scene where um, Joker burns the money and he's like, it's not about the money. <laughs> Well, I don't know the part. The thing with the wolf, like a change of motive or something. The the sh- the ship's crew also like cheers it on in a way of like they don't even understand it, and that's the same in like in Wolf of Wall Street, like, which is funny about the crowd is like they don't even understand like how fucking dumb, like how f- folly, how much like folly is in like that decision, but they're just like so roused by like his enthusiasm that they don't even care. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just yeah, they're like inspired by his passion, yeah. I guess. That's like the last time before the Queequeg coffin thing that the book is like funny. But it is like so funny. I did say this before, but I did. But like <laughs> I was like hee-hawing reading the book. And I normally have n- – I don't think I've ever done that before. Or I'm, I'm Maybe I'm just like <laughs> – I like breathe through my nose a little bit. But this one I was just like – fuck. I wasn't like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But I was like, like, fuck. I was just like kind of getting like gnawed out and like hyping, getting hyped off the humor and stuff. Cause it was like, you know, it was just like, it's just like that kind of, it's so funny that you're just like, oh God, like you're not even laughing. And you're not, I'm not saying like you can't breathe, you're laughing so hard. Like you're just like inflamed. It's, yeah, it actually reminds me of Kubrick's comedy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just sort of like, it's so fucking funny. I'll never get tired of laughing at it because it's just like, it's just so funny. <laughs> I don't know. It's not, it's not like slapsticky. It's just yeah, like. Yeah, you said it's like, defi- it's like divine comedy. Like, yeah, it's divine in, comedy. Just like not, not in reference to the book or whatever that is, but like, it's so, it, it's so like. It's God's sense of humor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so um, all-encompassing in this, like, existential way that is... It's it's very unspoken, but it's just, like, a vibe. I mean, I guess it's only... It's when the, the, like, the timbre of the character's convictions is so well done that it, it actually is something you've experienced. Like, it's not, like... It's not, like... Tam- a, Sorry, I lost you at timbre. Tomber? Tomber. Like the timbre is like the quality of a sound. So it's like it actually gets the oscillation right of like a real human conviction that is hard to um, contradict because it's so like solid and real. It's like an actual character that you will confront in life. It's not like a foolish characterization of it for like storytelling reasons. It actually uh, has like full... Are you saying that? You know what I mean? That's why it's that's why it's so funny. That's why it's, it's so like, funny. Yeah, it's like it's not simplified. It's like it's actually something that we deal with. 
yeah it's like the truth it's like the truth basically and it's not just like a yeah for this uh, for sake of like a story or like like yeah laugh or something oh yeah yeah okay so do you want to (laughs) there was one there was one dismissive that's such a dismissive what response yeah yeah Yeah. oh what is it what is it what Um, fucking is it Oh, I just Fuck. wanted to point out because I just thought of it. I think it's interesting because before I, I said like um, Nietzsche, the famous philosopher who kind of went insane. Well, ever. Um, he in the beginning, I just remember in the beginning of Beyond Good and Evil, he frames the first. Um, Wait, what's that? Beyond Good and Evil. I'm just kidding. I'm mocking you. Oh. <laughs> he frames it. Um, with a casting off, a setting of sail, and he says, like, hold tight to the mainmast because we are setting off on waters beyond good and evil. So, like, I don't. I think he was totally uh, ignorant of how much of Captain Ahab he was embodying, but, and this happens after Moby Dick is released, but he is literally, like, even to the point of being a ship's captain and setting off into the ocean, like, walking the footsteps of ahab's character yeah and like how fucking crazy that melville was able to capture that ethos to that yeah. level of specificity is like insane it's such a perfect that's what i said before like it's ultimately like such a perfect like i don't know if airtight might be in, insane but like <laughs> it's so like there are not a lot of you can't really poke any holes like it's just like such a perfect metaphor in that it's like it's like a skeleton key for like everything in terms yeah. of if the skeleton key was uh, meant to symbolize a symbol for anything and the yeah. keyhole is like anything you would want to make that symbol, the meaning of that symbol. Well, yeah, because like the, the metaphor of this group of people on a ship marooned, surrounded by water, and they're sort of grappling with each other and fighting and there's one of them who is convinced of something and it's causing him to sort of be chaotic and um, murderous is like is if you zoom out of earth like what is happening here so it's just like so like oh fuck like oh my god like it's just so like trippy right it's lovely well I think it's um, yeah it's I, I think that's a great metaphor for it that I just came up with. It is the skeleton key of metaphors and allegories. Like it can, it can like, it's, it can just mean, I mean, it's, this is kind of grandiose, but like it can honestly like mean anything. I guess. I just think all it does, it, it, it is incredibly like basically it's to the extent that it is true. It has, he has written down, characters and like every single one of us is a character and he has like truly written down some sort of eternal character that will keep showing up here and he like nailed it in, in yeah. a sort of like almost to like make it like a childish sort of way like how the Grinch who stole Christmas is like such a perfect metaphor for um, grumpy people and how at the end of the book they zoom out of a snowflake and you realize like this whole town of people is just living on a snowflake in a storm of snowflakes. And you're, you're just like, why is, why would the Grinch make that experience miserable for like all the, the who's when he's like, does he realize who? the Grinch, like how he's making everyone's life miserable. And like, does Wait, he you re- said the who? Yeah. The, the people of Whoville, the who's who, the who, the who. Um, the who. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But that, yeah, that is kind of a childish. But yeah, like, I think, person. I do think Dr. Seuss is like. Yeah, zooming out of the snow globe. Yeah. He's like really good at making Melville level metaphors for children. Okay. Was Dr. Seuss' podcast? It is now. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Wait, are you. Wait, what does that have to do with Moby Dick? Uh, oh, just the, the the level of metaphor that Melville is writing the down. One you, the the Doctor Seuss one fucking sucks. You, you think it sucks? 
Well, just, I mean, it's, it just became so cliche, which is funny because like the white whale is not cliche. Well, no, I think the the term Grinch has just embedded itself in. Well, but it's not linked with like zooming out of a snowflake. Well, in the, in the sense of like, um, if the Grinch were to have more whiz wisdom, (laughs) which he does at the end, he like, it's, it's not a, it's a comedy. It's not a tragedy. Just doing a deep dive on the Grinch, like, at the end of the pod. Because I don't think it really compares to this, honestly. But Really? Okay. Well, because like a- Ahab guy. is the Grinch. Yeah, but, like, as the Grinch is about the Grinch is guy. Mephistopheles, as the Grinch is Hey, don't say Mephistopheles, please. You know what I'm saying? I'm linking all those characters. I think they're all similar. Well, I, that's not a famous character, Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles is the same as uh, the villain in Spy Kids. Leave your review in <laughs> iTunes podcast. Let us know if he's, he's the intelligent villain. He's the Bezel Bob. He's the the wicked. He's like Renard the Fox. Yeah. Um, I'm getting lost. <laughs> this Grinch. This Grinch. I can't, uh, that, I, I, can't you see how that's so similar? Segway. Ahab? Uh, well, I... The Grinch is just like about like understanding what's nice about being alive in like a very Christian like basic way, and it's like it wasn't Doctor Seuss Jewish or no, he was super anti-Semitic, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think he was racist against. There was there was some. Asian oh no, I'm thinking of Walt Disney. There were some Oriental. No, yeah, he there. didn't. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he didn't like Asians. Well, he did like anti-Japanese propaganda. During um, yeah, it was yeah during, it was World, during War World War Two. So, so bad, but yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it was when it was like right after the Japanese had bombed Pearl Harbor, so there was a lot of anti-Asian sentiment right. going around. Okay, but I'm getting even more off. Oh, the Grinch. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can just disagree with me. And we can move. Wait, on. you're That's saying okay, you're saying you. the Grinch is you're saying the Grinch is Captain Ahab? Yeah, because if you look at the but, Grinch in what he says, he's he's always justifying his. He doesn't end in folly, though, does he? No, no, no. I I did say that the Grinch ends like a comedy, and Moby Dick ends like a tragedy. Because that's how it. That's how Doctor Seuss turned it into a sort of kid friendly tale. Is that right? Where where it takes an adult to understand that oh you can be Ishmael and like okay. survive. I just but a kid would just I be think... scared by this. I think the zoom out of the snowflake really threw me off as it as it compares to Moby Dick ending. Oh like, yeah, I, I wasn't trying to link the similar... ending. I'm saying the yeah, sentiment. I just got confused by that. Yeah, sorry. The sentiment of of the ending is the same, but the literal visual is, is not. I think so because like with Ishmael. Um, Wait, is orphan... that? I feel like the Grinch is like fuck it, we're gonna die basically. That's what Seuss oh, said. Oh, no, no, no. Or no. Seuss was writing that. He's like, fuck it, we're going to die. Let's do I don't, this. No, it's not about death. As it, is, it is about perspective of who you are. And like, yeah, well, okay. That's what that's about. That's what The Grinch is about to me. It's like perspective at the end. And it takes like, the perspective of... is not perspective. Well, it takes the perspective of, 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 of stepping outside of yourself and having some sort of spiritual sense of your place. And that doesn't have to just be like, I'm going to die. It's just realizing your control and like what you can control and what what is controlling you and you're letting it because of your own like over arrogance or something okay there's something there but i don't think it's okay yeah we can just move on. i don't there's something in that but i i don't know it makes total sense to me but yeah i don't know are you saying okay we okay let's just rate it i (laughs) i want to give it a thousand percent but the Fucking whale anatomy. I feel like I have to knock it down like 10 points. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 990%. I think it has to be multiple of 10, if I'm not mistaken. 1,000% scale. um, Yeah, it is so good. Uh, Yeah, I'd give it like a 985 or something. Yeah, so it is multiple of 5, I guess. Um... Okay. Uh, definitely. Fuck. Read it. This is so long. We're gonna have to do two. I just. <laughs> yeah, this will be like, two-parter, which is good because it'll have you know more episodes. Yeah. Right. More money. More money. But yeah, you know, we were joking about leaving five-star review. 
Um, I don't, I don't, I feel like the way that other podcasts I've heard bring that up, they like don't, they're not allowed to. So I'm just going to say, leave us a review on Apple podcast. And everyone always says <laughs> that they were told, like someone is always telling people doing podcasts, like they're never find out on their own. If you leave us a review, it helps the algorithm. And they always say it in that really like, um, <laughs> obscure or mysterious way that they don't really understand what's happening. But yeah, this is super long. Um, super good. So yeah, 990%. Um, maybe get the abridged version. I don't know. Check it out. I don't even know I if that's what they take I think it's worth the turmoil, out. but I do agree. I think the editor of this book could have done a better job. But oh, there is okay. some value because it, it, it colors Ishmael's character just to watch him dissect like science yeah well that's all i'll say about that is i don't know if i don't think i said before but his passion sort of leaps off the page and i think that is it's really apropos of nothing with in terms of the book like you just are literally just like watching this like guy like pop off like just being like really passionate about anything and it's just like oh i like that's that's cool to see that's i don't know if it's inspiring it's just like that's passion i wish i had that much enthusiasm yeah but yeah i agree it could be shorter need that much yeah but i think the part about there is some good shit in there like yeah i really like that i think when he says the whales were swimming over moscow um you know thousands of years ago that's i like that idea i just think it's funny they're kings yeah i can't think of any other ones right now but all right this has been episode four right so yeah. are we gonna make it yeah it's a two-parter two-part episode well at, the, at this point they're already at the end so. well yeah but it's a, it's, this has been a two-part episode is it a two-part at, one is if it they're one listening episode? to this this is episode five are you sure no Wait. it's episode four episode two. oh gotcha okay. that's what i'm asking side a side b yeah yeah probably episode four part two so long. <laughs> I got pissed. Alright, right, see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us money, um, DM me at Andy John Mendoza on Instagram. Uh, currency. Thank you.